All right, well, hey, everybody. My name is Matt. I'm here with Pastor Jamal. Yo. And Pastor Todd. Hello. And welcome to the Monday Morning Recap. Yeah, you know what, man? I, I, I kind of missed not being with the with the group last week. It was kind of like I'm traveling, going back to St. Louis, and I'm like, ah, I missed the podcast. We did miss you. We missed I missed you, it. But you guys did a great job, man. You did good, man. You guys Thanks. killed it, man. I was like, dang, man. Squat been good having tara on it too yeah she's, she's been a good voice <clears throat> on there well we're, she's not with us today no actually i tried to get steph to be like come on you want to mm. do it you want to do it she's like no she didn't want to tara <laughs> no oh tara <laughs> see this you know what tara tara she takes one picture with a celebrity and now she's too good to hang out with us on Listen, a podcast. i saw that i saw that <laughs> uh, yeah she okay. takes one picture and now all of a sudden we're <laughs> nobodies we're no we're nobody <laughs> no so yeah it's good god that you're here um Man, how was Christmas for you guys? Good time? Get any good Christmas gifts? It was good. I think, you know, the kids got what they wanted. I mean, my my uh, sister-in-law got all of the kids these uh, these Amazon tablets. Okay. Yeah, so it's over, you know? <laughs> it's already like, hey, guys, uh, it's time to eat. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> yeah, okay. they're gone. They're zombies. <laughs> but Yeah, so I got um, so me and some of my church friends play once a month. We do a game day. And so I got some things for my game day that uh, is a little nerdy, so I'm not going to mention what it is. <laughs> a little nerdy, a little geeky, but nice, I, right. I got a couple things there, you know. Which it was I'm, a good gift for you. Yeah, it was a good gift. I'm very excited Dope. about it, and I'm excited to break it out when we play next. Nice. nice. Yeah, yeah. we had a good time. Rebecca's brother got me, because we play Xbox sometimes together, and I had a five below headset. So he got me like a nice hey, gamer headset. Like I don't know how win. much it was, but dude, it's sometimes nice. Sometimes you win. So I'm like, I really love that, and uh, yeah. That, so that's probably like my favorite gift. And I got you guys will see. I got a um, a Rode microphone for my camera. So oh, if okay, we start nice. doing some more videos, like nice. it's it's a really high quality one. Oh, production. So those are my two. Boost, those are my two ones that I wanted. And and yeah. I I don't know how I forgot, but Xbox. Yeah, I got Jedi. Uh, fallen, fallen, fallen oh, order. Yeah, yeah. So nice. uh, we'll I've talk about that good. later. Off fire. Yeah, yeah. So, that one's fire. We've had a lot of Star Wars talk on the podcast, so <laughs> I thought we would take a break this week, <laughs> but somehow it we could do it. Uh, we will say this: this is what was going on in the office this morning. I don't know if you can tell what that sound is. I don't know if you can hear it. Okay, so those are two different sounds. Uh, somebody, so a very generous person, came to the office and gave Starbucks K cups for Christmas. That, that person was me. <laughs> but, but then I walked in and I see people shaking it. What's inside? What is this? It's making noise. It's making a clicking noise. I, it, I don't. I don't know what. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. This is it's high quality coffee. I don't know. If, I don't know if we should keep talking about K cups because I feel like there are purists listening to this right now. They're like, ew, <laughs> because we use K cups. Some of us use K cups. Some of us do not. Some of us are French press extraordinaires who are well I mean, I think it, come on well, they're baristas least, right? baristas <laughs> I, I wanted to at here. least give like a step up was like hey merry christmas yeah, no, but i just see criticism going on no 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 oh, i see i see what you're doing you're slowly bringing us into mm. the real the real yeah. and i'm not mad about it i'm not mad <laughs> All right, so uh, yeah, let's get into it. We've we finished out um, our God with Us series with week five. It's been an awesome series. I think everyone in church has been talking about. It. They've really enjoyed it, and uh, we've talked about. Yeah, Christmas time is about that Emmanuel, God with us. That comes from Matthew one twenty three. God's with us in all these different seasons in the valleys. As you, Pastor Jamal, you talked about how we enjoy God on the mountaintops, but experience Him in the valleys. Talked about week two in the desert. That um, it's not about where you are, but whose you are. You can still have victory in the desert. We talked about how God's with you in the storm, but real peace isn't found in the absence of a storm. There's really no such thing, but in the presence of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And our God is with you always. And Amen. when we know that, the fact that God's with us always causes us to worship through obedience and submission. We looked at Mary and Joseph. So yesterday we talked about how God is with us, so we need to tell somebody. When you know the truth that God is with us, God wants you to go out and tell someone and so um that is really honestly the natural step if you're a follower of jesus christ the natural step in your growth in your discipleship is to tell people about the encounter that you have had with jesus christ like if we're not i think churches in general 
strive they, they they set out to do these things but i don't know if we always are good at making sure that that is uh emphasized and making sure that that is happening with our people but 100 percent, if we're followers of jesus christ we need to be telling people about the encounter that we've had with jesus oh yeah it should be it should be natural like you said one of the things i talked about was like when you have something exciting to share you talk about it we we're obviously just talking about Star Wars, but I also talked about the Yankees when they signed Garrett Cole. I like texted all these different people. I know I haven't talked to you about this yet, Yankees, bro. <laughs> man, they're all. I don't. But know. I was excited, man. So I told people, and it's the same thing though. In our walk, like you know, you when you have something exciting to share, you tell somebody. It's natural. You don't even think about it. Cardinals need to get on a get on a ball. Cards, let's go. <laughs> Three hundred twenty-four million dollars, nine uh, years, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, must be nice having money up there in New York. No, so here, here's what ha- the, you know. The last few years, it's been all about the homegrown guys, but this, I guess, this year they, they were just like, no, well, congratulations, congratulations, so, Yankees, twenty twenty. Here we go. <laughs> I'm excited. I have something to share. I'm excited. Yeah, but it's true. Look, if you, when you have an experience with Jesus, you should share it. Yeah. So, um, you know, we talked about how. You can know the story, but miss the mission. And that was mm. the guys in this story. Uh, they knew the whole story of Jesus. I think there was a missing element, how it was about other people, mm. um, which we talked about. But you can know the story, but miss the mission. And that happens when we make our preferences God's promises. And that's what they did in their story. I don't know if you guys want to talk a little bit about what they did. I, I touched on it a little bit, like what their expectations of a Messiah were like at mm-hmm. that time. And you know, they're kind of where that disappointment came from. And right. So what I do understand about this particular time frame is that um, the Jews did have an expectation of their Messiah um, to really usurp the political powers of that day. Um, and although Jesus wasn't necessarily doing that, you know, um, that, that obviously for a lot of them made them feel like, well, he's not the guy because he's not doing He's not doing this thing that we expect the Messiah to do. Yeah, right. In some ways, though, he was because he was usurping the power of the of the the, the uh, Pharisees at the time. Right. So he was doing it, but whoever thinks that they're the ones who need to be usurped, <laughs> nobody ever <laughs> right, thinks. Right. Right. Oh, control. I'm the bad guy. I'm, I'm the one. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Right. So I mean, to, uh, I know that's not necessarily what they were looking for, but in some ways, I mean, he was. He was coming in and he was saying, "Hey, here's all the things that you're thinking of. Here's all the things that you're used to, but there's a different way." You know. So he was kind of fulfilling that, just not as militaristic against who they chose right. as the baddies. Right. Um, you said something pretty interesting, uh, Pastor Matt, about uh, making our preferences God's promises. Um, does is there anything that particularly like sticks out to you, maybe like that you find common in Christian circles uh, that we kind of sometimes thrust out there as our preferences uh, that we try to project as God's promises? Well, I I touched on this in the sermon, mm-hmm. but I I do think politically is a big one. That is what they did in the story. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they wanted the pol- political landscape to change, yep. and that also meant militarily. But for us, politics. I mean, like, I just feel like it's totally common, especially in Christian circles, to see like this is God's candidate. Like, right. you know, and like it's not God's candidate. <laughs> it, it's Yikes. it's who we prefer and that's right. and that's fine but like when we say things like that this is who god wants you know that's making a preference god's promise i right. think no i yep I'm gonna, yep <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and all right so i'm gonna step away from the politics so i don't get in trouble <laughs> I'll, I'll let pastor matt you know but but along the same lines i think when we think about even like how i prefer not to suffer I prefer mm. not to struggle. I no, prefer no. not to be sick. Nope, nope. And sometimes like, because I don't want to be sick, that must be what God wants for me. Mm. not saying that God wants us to be sick, but sometimes, you know, you're talking about mission and stuff. Sometimes God's mission is to make us more like him, but our preference is for us to get there the easiest way possible. And sometimes God's like, no, this is the way I'm going to bring it. And so uh, we get confused and think, well, this is my preference. My preference is I don't want to suffer. So God doesn't want me to suffer. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be, I don't want to have a struggle in this. I don't want to be anxious. I don't, and, and God doesn't want us to be anxious, but we sometimes think, well, if this is what I want and this is how I want it to happen, that must be what God wants for me. And, um, I think that's why sometimes people really struggle when they do become sick or they mm. do struggle. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. or they are suffering because they're like, well, where is God in this? Because this is not what I want. So, yeah, I don't want this. Right. So why is God allowing it? Yeah. Right. And right. so I think that's one aspect, too, where sometimes um, we can find ourselves in the story of the gospel about how Jesus comes along and walks with us, God with us through suffering. But instead, we'd rather have God relieve us of those things through his promises to ask and you shall receive yeah. you, you know type thing right why do you think why do you think we do that though like why do you think you know i mean because it is it does seem to be something that's very prevalent within yeah. christian circles yeah. um why do you think we do that we reach in that way well i think like I don't have kids, so you guys could probably speak a little more to this. But I feel like, as a parent, you probably don't want um, your kid like to suffer in any way. You right. want to give them everything that you can give them to have the best life possible. But you know that there are certain things that, like, until they experience some heartache and some hardship, there's not you can't teach it. You can't say that to them. And and actually, like, yeah, yeah, like you can give them all the pillows and rainbows and puppies, but it as a, you want to as a parent but you know for their own benefit that they they can't live like that if that makes any sense so i think it's kind of the same thing like for us you know we we want comfort we don't want to have to go through hardship we know god can't you give me these things like i don't i don't want to have to deal with sickness or this or that so that's totally natural i think to feel that way um yeah if that makes any sense. You no, know, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, who wants to say, hey, I really want to have a painful moment? Yeah. You know, nobody says that. Nobody wants that. And and the reality is, if, if we can avoid those things, sometimes we'll go way out of our way to avoid pain and suffering. So so I think that's a natural, a natural instinct. I think that's a natural desire to not suffer. Uh, I think what the other thing is, is it's hard to, for us to, like, picture a good God who would let us suffer i mean yeah well i I think because we see it through the perspective of well if i'm suffering and god's not doing anything does god not care about me and i i would also say too even not to just only keep it at like suffering sort of thing i think sometimes it's just what we think the answer is is not always the right answer too yeah so not just about oh why am i going through this hard time sometimes you just think this is what needs to happen for this situation to resolve itself. So you pray for that, right. and then it doesn't happen. And so that's why, too, because to, to us, this is the next thing that has to happen. This is what's right. And, you know, sometimes that's not the case, and so God, he's got better plans. Yeah. Yeah. But for but I think that could be a reason why we make our preferences God's promises, because as far as I can do the calculations, this is how this gets fixed. So God, please fix yeah. it. and. You know, I, th- I think that's what happens sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes <clears throat> the issue might also be just flat out, just incorrect theology, you know, believing mm-hmm. the wrong things about yeah. God. Um, yeah. Some, and I, and I get it. We, we experience things in life and sometimes we allow our experiences to shape our theology when it should be uh, the opposite way. <laughs> you know, like our theology should shape our experiences. Like yeah. in the same way, what we're talking about here, like what I believe about God should shape how I encounter the valleys, how I encounter the deserts, the storms, um, what I know about God, right? Because sometimes it's about reaching that point where you say, you know, this is what I know about God. For some people, they may be in that stage of this is what I believe about God. Hopefully you're transitioning to that place of what you know about God and that cements inside your, you know, heart and soul. Um, But getting to that place and allowing what you know about God to shape your circumstances, that uh, is where we should be. But oftentimes, a lot of times it's it's our experiences that shape our theology. Yeah, I was thinking that same thing. Sometimes we start not with God, but we start with our struggle or we start with our circumstances. Mm-hmm. Instead of letting God define how we face the struggle, we let the struggle define how we think of God, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, sometimes. And, uh, and I think, again, that's not a judgment call on people because I think we as people do that so frequently. Yeah, and I said that in the sermon. I was like, my goal is not to guilt anybody at all. I think this is totally natural, and that's part of the walk of being a Christian. It's part of the journey. You need the Holy Spirit to kind of nudge you, keep you on the right path, to kind of help you change your perspective. I think that's totally normal, and that's even the process of sanctification, that, God, you continue to make me like you. Um, 
So, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I think it's yeah. normal. And know? and to be honest, if 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 we easily came to this things, there'd be no point of God walking with us, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. If we didn't need God to walk with us to help us get to those points and to work out our faith, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, so we said um, <clears throat> what we need to realize, it's not about us, it's about Jesus. When Jesus talked to those two guys on the road, after they told him what happened, and, and that's revealed, they knew the story but missed the mission. He explained the scriptures, all the things concerning himself. <clears throat> and so we talked about how we have to um, recognize what are the areas of my life that, I, that I've made about me, or areas of my faith I've made about me, and how can I make it about Jesus? Mm. And um, I came across this quote. I, I think, I, yeah, I shared it. I don't know if you guys wanted to unpack it a little bit, but I found this quote. It says, the key to understanding the scriptures is to see Jesus Christ on every page. And it seems like that's what Jesus himself indicated, actually. So mm, yeah. um, I don't know if you guys can unpack that a little bit. What does that mean as I'm reading the Bible? Does that make any sense? Is that like hyper-spiritual? Yeah, I, I think like um, all scripture does point to Jesus, right? Uh, even the promises that we read through in the Old Testament, <clears throat> those things point to the Messiah who would come. They point to Jesus. And uh, and I think as we're reading through Scripture, um, whether we're Old Testament or New Testament, if we're looking for, well, how does this help me to understand who Jesus is? How does this help me to connect to Jesus? I think you can find those lines where we can be encouraged. Instead of reading the Old Testament being like, uh, you know, I'm reading this through. It's great, some great stories, but I want to get to the good stuff. I want to get to the New Testament where it talks about Jesus. Well, actually, the Old Testament is pointing us to Jesus. And so all of it is um, can be encouraging to us and encouraging to our relationship with them. I think you even brought this up last podcast um Pastor Todd, the one I wasn't here for, you said um, you diligently uh, you were taught you were speaking from John chapter five, verses thirty nine and forty says you diligently search the scriptures as if they are the key to life. When, in fact, the scriptures testify about me. That's Jesus, you know, kind of laying it out there like, guys, the the way you're using scripture, man, uh oh, you could preach a sermon about like this, I, but I the actually, way I, I did share that <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, well, that's, facts, like people, that's the road to Emmaus that you mentioned right and he's explaining yeah. to the guys like hey i'm all the scripture it's about me God. well i was gonna we say had that passage it was i shared it yesterday it was john five thirty nine. 39 yeah. he's telling that yeah. to the pharisees you think the scriptures give you eternal life right but the scriptures point to me they point to me yeah. and i think that you know uh, might get a little controversial but i think the global church could stand to be reminded of that in a lot of ways we are stuck with we are stuck in methodologies that use scripture in i mean just the most visceral of ways um to hold on to traditions as opposed to pointing to jesus and i think i mean obviously clearly dangerous um and there needs to be a shift there has to be a shift in that um we're getting a little off topic here but like we're getting a little off topic so let me pull it back in let me pull it back in when it comes to telling people about Jesus, right? Because that's what this is all about, is about, you know, once you've encountered God in a way you that, that kind of impacts your life, you need to be telling people about Jesus. If people were to see you, right, using the scriptures to point to Jesus as opposed to beating them over the brow, how many more people would want to come and be a part oh, of yeah. the church? Oh, yeah. And, and this, I don't view this as totally off topic. I was so trying to figure out... Um, how far to go this direction and i kind of i really just touched on it but i feel like so much of what's in that story you can unpack it that way that they had bible knowledge but it's not the knowledge it's it's not just knowledge of the bible and again it's not even yeah, elevating the bible above jesus it's mm-hmm. about him and actually even what you just said about like um we can use the bible as like a methodology for our traditions yeah um Again, not to unpack a totally different box, but what we were talking about earlier about um, the Andy Stanley quote and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's more the angle that he was coming at is yeah. like we need to unhinge from the Old Testament in the sense of like that we're using the uh, we can be using the Bible to to justify these traditions, mm-hmm. like you were saying. And and yeah, maybe that's an, another conversation. But I thought it tied no, in I, with what I, we're I, saying. Yeah those, yeah, those those two things go together. I think. Yeah, and and talking about, like, it's not about us, it's about Jesus. Like, sometimes we like to have really good knowledge of Scripture so that we can be like, 
hey guys, guess what? The Bible says this and this and this, and I know it, and so I'm going to educate you as to what it says so that right. you know how you're wrong and I'm right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, um, it talks about, like, um, knowledge puffs up, Yep. you know? And the idea is sometimes we like to know Scripture so that we can be maybe in a position ourselves of, like, authority, self-righteousness. maybe, or power, or self-righteousness, yeah. And and if we come back to, okay, I know this scripture because it helps me to connect with Jesus, and it points us back to him, mm-hmm. yeah. it's hard to be, it's, it's harder, I should say, <laughs> it's always easy to be proud, but mm-hmm. it's harder to be all about us and how I'm in a better position when you realize, no, scripture actually points to the fact how much I need Jesus yeah. and how much I have to depend upon him because I am right not self righteous at right. all. You know? Um yeah, so, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well I I just on uh to continue that, yeah, I th- I think you're right. I found this quote also. Same thing. I was I was so close to sharing so much of this and I just didn't want to be stepping on on too many toes or, or have the wrong attitude. But um in regards to the story uh, how they knew all the scriptures, this commentary said, understanding the Bible, uh, understanding Bible knowledge can lead to a big head, which is what he references 1 Corinthians 8.1. It says that knowledge puffs up, but receiving Bible truth and walking with the Savior will lead to a burning heart. That's good. And that's what they said. Didn't our hearts burn within yeah. us when he explained the scriptures? So I just think it's all on point. Because there's something that happens in our hearts and soul when we when we in our hearts and souls when we experience Jesus in a real authentic way. Something happens. It is almost as if who we were created to be comes in contact with the creator and you come to life. Like it's, and I think that is for me why it's so important to be using the scriptures in a way that point back to Jesus so that people have that encounter so that they feel what it's like to come alive and so that they feel what it's like to have purpose and have meaning and then watch their entire lives shift you know like it's almost like watching someone who's seen the world in black and white see the world in color for the first time they're like wow i didn't know there was so much depth and nuance and beauty to this and um i don't know man like i just i'm i'm a i'm a big proponent of that and i mean of using the scriptures in the right way. And I think part of that too, I'm just being honest, I think part of it too is because as an African-American, I understand what the scriptures did to black people in America. Yeah. So like I understand the gravity, the weight of making sure that we're using the scriptures the right right way. Because you can use it how you want. You absolutely can. Yeah. Yeah. So that's important. And so even with what you're saying about how the scriptures bring life, they point to Jesus. And um, that's kind of where I wanted to go a little bit. So we said, you know, God with us now tell someone. And that was, I think, just the big takeaway. Mm -hmm. And that was the missing ingredient from when they shared their story of the gospel. They, they left out the part where it's like, well, so now it's, it's supposed to be proclaimed. There's forgiveness for all sins. That's later. Jesus adds all this. But I think what makes it tough is you know, the society that we live in now, like I think it's pretty much can be classified as like post-Christian culture. Sure. So it's cool. I think what you're saying about like, man, if we can point, you know, use the scriptures, they point back to Jesus and wow, look at the life that he brings and it's wonderful. But what makes it difficult or would you say, is it difficult today to do that, to share Christ? Like what makes it difficult today to do that? Ironically, I think it's becoming Maybe I'm a you know I'm on the opposite spectrum here, but I think it's becoming a lot more easier to point to Christ. I think it's becoming harder to point to the church, but I think it's getting easier to point to Christ. I think about like Kanye West like dropping this album and like the buzz that it created, and like I think what you find oftentimes is people usually don't have an issue with Jesus; they have an issue with the church. You know, even people that aren't you know. Mo- I've bumped into people who aren't believers and they use that quote from Gandhi that says, Hey, you know what? Christ, I don't have a problem with, but it's all these other Christians. Christians. Like I have, I have a problem with them. Like, and, and so I have found that if we would just maybe just tweak a little bit, man, and just find ways to point to Jesus and like what you were saying, pastor Todd, and, and having that humble view of the scriptures allowing ourselves to kind of be like, no, uh, you know what? I I'm just, I'm in need of Jesus just as much as the person 
you know, next to me is like, yep. like having that type of humility and attitude could be, and I'm going to use the word revolutionary for the church in a time w- where it is very much post-Christian culture. Yeah. Yeah. So our attitude is a big deal. Yeah. And I, I, I think, um, I, I mean, to be honest, we as believers have given people reasons to not like us. You know, I mean, got to own that there, there's uh, talking about the way we use scripture. Like if we see scripture as strictly a set of yes and no's or do's and don'ts, I should say. Mm-hmm. And and that apply f- to everybody. Right. And then we force them apply to, to the whole world. Mm-hmm. Yep. And here's the thing. The, the believers like we can't expect unbelievers to act like believers. And when we expect unbelievers to act like believers and then we get upset that they're not acting like believers, then it gives them a bad taste because they don't even understand where we're coming from. And then we've made it all about rules Mm. and we forget that the whole point of Christ's coming wasn't so that people would be good at following rules. It was because we could, we believers and unbelievers alike could never be good enough, Mm. you know? You know, yeah, we, you and I, Pastor Jamal, have talked a little bit about this. I feel like, I, th- I feel like it's always kind of evolving. But I feel like my perspective on on that kind of stuff right now is like, what I would tell somebody if somebody's like, "Well, I thought the Bible says this," or "Doesn't the Bible say you can't be this and this?" Like, I feel like the way I would want to explain it now is say, "Well, you know what? You can live your life however you want." Um, this is how God says, like a healthy, like a healthy view of sexuality, a healthy view of your finances, a healthy way to treat somebody else. This is what the Bible says, and that if you live this way, um, your life will be better, your relationships will be better. You don't have to do that. I wouldn't tell you you're wrong for doing something else. The Bible says this is what's right. Maybe that's not the best perspective. Um, I'm just listening to myself. I could already say something back to myself. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Do it. So I'm saying, it. Retort it. I could just be like, well, what, Matt? Are you afraid of sin? You can't call out sin. Like, mm. uh, you know, like God, God does say it's sinful. So, you know, but I, I feel like that's what I would want to say to somebody who's yeah. not a Christian or wrestling. I'd say, look, you can live however you want. I'm not telling you. You have to change. The Bible says this is the best way to live your life. And I think if you do it, you're going to find it makes a difference. And you need the Holy Spirit to help you. You need Jesus to do it. You can't do it in your own strength. Sure. I don't know what your thoughts are. So my Come th- at me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Come do, at do me, it. bro. Do it. Um, I think my first thought is I can't tell people how to live their life if I first am not doing that thing. So I feel like part of the number one argument with people in the church is you guys don't even follow what you believe. Like, and I think that that's uh, until we could start at that point, we really can't like get too deep into that. Now I'm not saying that you can't tell people like, you know what, this is wrong murder. You can't murder somebody in like cold blood because they, you know, stole your, you know, bazooka bubble gum. Like, you know, like, but I know it's a massive, like, they're like, wow, what a, what an example. But the point that I'm trying to make is this. I feel like, we have to get our witness together like as church like as the church as believers we have to get our witness together we have to allow for the principles of scripture to be evident in us in order for people to want to even hear what we have to say and i think that like when we model those things out like people are more inclined to be like hey man like i see that these things are happening in your life i see these blessings that you talk about being evident in your life, how, how do I get there? Uh, here's my question, like a little pushback on that sure. or like my thoughts, because I think you're right. Where's the line, though? Because, right, it's kind of like saying, um, like, you don't go to a gym and see people who are out of shape and say, what the heck? Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you've heard mm-hmm. that before, maybe in church. And yeah. it's the same thing that Christians are. We're, we're not any better than anybody else. But like you're also saying. To, oh, what, what, So what I'm trying to get at is that. Could somebody could also use that as an excuse is like, well, I would tell somebody about Christ, but I, I know I have to get these six areas of my sure. life right first. And then now you're shutting down and like, well, once I, you know, I, I have to get closer to God before I can do that. And I would, I just don't want to see somebody do something like that and say, no, like God wants, you're, you'll never be at a place where you're perfect. No. So you need, you need, that's part of your testimony now. Yeah. yeah like my thoughts is, as we're talking about this kind of comes down to this is like, when we acknowledge as how much we need Christ and how much he loves us in spite of our failures, mm-hmm. in spite of our sin, 
then I think we can start to step out and love others in spite of their sins, yeah. in spite of their failures, the way we have been loved. Yeah. The way we have been shown mercy, the way we have been shown grace. That's it. And then it's not necessarily about um, um, being perfect. It's actually more about loving others the way Jesus loves us. Period. You know? And then I think that will have, like you said, when people have an encounter with Jesus, it does something in the it heart. It does something there. So I think if we love others the way we've been loved by God and it did something in our hearts so they can experience a, a merciful, loving, but at times firm grace, mm-hmm. you know, um, they can have that encounter with Jesus. And then we can start talking about, okay, well, you've had this moment, an encounter with Jesus. Now, here's some of the things that he says, this is how we should be living. You know what I mean? And But I don't think you have that conversation with unbelievers. No. Because unless an unbeliever comes to you and says, hey, listen, my to- my life is a total wreck. I need help. Right, you right, know, right. That's a different thing. But if we go to an unbeliever and say, you know, the Bible says blah, 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 and Jesus isn't happy with you, they're like, I don't care because I don't know Jesus. Right. right. But, yeah, you if know? somebody's maybe opening up to you, it's a friend or something, say, man, I'm really struggling right now. You say, like, what, man, what do you think I'm doing wrong? Well, you know, you've told me about a couple decisions you've made. I don't know if those are the best for you. That's one thing. There's a relationship. Right. At, but, mm-hmm. right, to, to kind of. Yeah, yeah, I'm just echoing what you're saying. Yeah, and even and even along those lines, uh, one of your uh, things was like know your story. One of your points, and the thing is, is that even within that, and people come to us, we don't always have to tell them, well, this is what you should be doing. Right. We can always be like, listen, this is what I know God has this done is in what me. I've seen. Yeah. You know, I struggled with anxiety, but look at how God helped me. I right. struggled with, with, with like unforgiveness. Right. And then I had this encounter with Jesus, and and He's really worked in my heart about that. And it wasn't easy; it was hard. But right. look how He's working in my heart. And even if you say, even if you're like in using that example, even if you say something to the extent of, "Hey, you know what? I'm not where I should be, but I'm definitely not where I was." You know, like I am on this journey. I was, yeah. I was at this place with unforgiveness. Now I'm not so much at that place with unforgiveness. I'm more here, and I'm still growing. I'm still moving in that direction. Like I think that it's things like that give you credibility to speak into people's lives about what the scriptures say about what it means to live a life, you know, fully devoted unto the Lord. And and you know what? Can I wrap that up in one word? Like being honest. Yeah. (laughs) Like sometimes as Christians, we're afraid to be honest about our struggles because we feel like, well, I've come to Jesus. Everything should be be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm supposed to be spiritually, whatever, but honestly, like, honesty <laughs> yeah dude you this know? is just that's one honest. of the reasons why to be fair like that's one of the reasons why i love youth ministry because teenagers man <laughs> they just go they go through stuff and they sometimes could not care any less like about your opinions of them and they'll just tell you no nah, this is what i'm doing and then here's why and so sometimes i'm just like all right like okay. you know i'm like all right way to lay that on the table there and we, and we unpack some of those things yeah and i have this is just my what i have seen being Having been a youth pastor here, in fact, for 11 years, I've seen those students come back and say, hey, man, thanks for thanks for loving me through this season. Hey, thanks for being patient with me through this season. Thanks for, you know, like not like berating me or judging me through this season. You know, like this was a long stretch of, you know, poor decisions or like, you know, a lot of chaos going on. But here's what I learned in that season is that God is this. And um, I have just found that to be such a blessing that students can walk away from a season of life um, and have seen God in the midst of it just simply based on how I've responded to because of those. Because their um, honesty and vulnerability and then your honesty back yeah. with them and saying, all right, let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah, talk about like, it. Like, I thought jesus set you free yeah. like like, like well, or just like well the bible says you shouldn't be doing that so. and then just sharing a little bit of my own struggles and my own stories and being like no i get it like because i think sometimes when they look at me and they drop a bomb or they're trying to like say this yeah. and that and the third they they're like waiting for me to respond but i'm like no oh, i remember when i was a teenager and i yep. thought like this or there. i may have made some of these decisions and so sometimes they look at me and they're like what like you did what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, you keep that between us. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I don't yeah. need you going telling everybody else. But I do use those elements of my story, my honesty, mm-hmm. to give them a picture of the grace, mercy, the patience of God. Yeah, so absolutely. 
Well, that's great. So that actually works too, because I did want to talk about this. So we said, God with us, now tell someone. And the way that you tell someone, you walk with them, you say something, and you know your story. Those are all different things. And so I feel like, um, you know, if you want to say something, I think that's where most people are going to be at. Is like, well, what do I say? How do I say something? Uh, okay, sure, I would love to tell somebody, um, but what do I actually say? And I think we're talking about being honest and stuff, but what... Let's say you're listening to this right now. We're talking about getting into the new year, maybe this week, next week. I'm thinking about people I work with. Like, what do you actually, what do you actually say to somebody? Am I going to say, oh, my church, uh, there was this Bible verse and it points to Jesus. Like, you probably wouldn't say that. What, what would you say that to kind of bring together everything we're talking about? Well, I think first, if someone's going to be, if you're listening to this and you're thinking to, to yourself, oh, I need to share this message with someone so that, um, you know, they can get saved or this, that, and a third. I think take a deep breath and and understand that the soul of this person does not hinge upon, like, you doing X, Y, and Z. Something Same you say or don't thing. say. Yeah, because I feel like sometimes that pressure, sometimes the church puts that pressure on people mm. that you need to be doing this. If you're not doing this, these people are going to hell. Like, and... And that can be a lot. That can be weighty yeah. as opposed to having a better understanding of the Holy Spirit's role in, in this situation really about good. what God is doing in the background. You don't know what God is doing in that person's life. You know, so just take some of that pressure off of yourself first. I think that that's like okay, the that's first really step. Good. Like take some of that pressure off of yourself and then just be authentic. I think that that's the next step is be authentically who you are. Because I think if you try to be anything else it'll feel weird to the person that you're even having a conversation with. They'll be like, what? Like, this is not, this right. feels awkward. Yeah. yeah. Like if you slip into, um, evangelism mode, yeah, <laughs> they're going to be like, wait, who are you? Why'd your voice just change? But, 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 but yeah. the reality is sometimes we do that. I mean, even listen to when people pray, sometimes they slip into prayer mode yeah. and you're like, wait a minute, why are you praying with these thousand those? Yeah. Like we don't, that's not how you talk in normal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, and sometimes we can do that when we're talking with our friends or, or, or family members, we can slip into like, now I'm going to be like the preacher to you and yeah. I'm going to whatever. And I think it's more like, how do, how do I know what to say to someone? Just talk about Jesus the way you would talk about any other thing in your life. Like it should be a natural part extension of your conversation not necessarily something you're trying to force and um i think that's really good yeah, yeah. because i think i think sometimes we think it has to be this big event moment mm -hmm. or presentation maybe yeah yes. yeah you, you know a lot of powerpoint you're like this is how you come to the lord and, and i think part of it's because there's you know you you're like well you know, what if they say this to me or what if they ask me this question i really wouldn't know what to say or maybe you've been it's christmas time and and new year's like you've been with some family and they say well i don't understand why people say the bible boom boom and you sit there and you're like i, I don't know i don't know so I you know that i'm not okay. gonna, I'm not gonna I say think anything. that's okay to say you don't know as opposed to making up some stuff that is just which we've wrong we've, we've talked we've talked about that. <laughs> it's just completely and it makes you cringe <laughs> yeah the cringy stuff that makes people be like why did I come over here for Christmas dinner? <laughs> I knew it was going to be like this, you know? So, yeah, oh I gosh. think, I don't know. Sorry. I, I think I got a little off topic. No, but, well, yeah. I loved what you said, Pastor Todd, about making it a natural extension. Were you were going to say something else. Yeah, well, like, like I think about, because I'm dealing with kids all the time, and how do you get kids to talk to their friends about Jesus? And sometimes I say, listen, you don't have to, like, have this big sermon or something that you talk to them to say, hey, at church this week, we're going to be having a Christmas party. You want to come? Yeah. And 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 just letting them hang out with believers and and sense that we're different. You know, it doesn't always have to be. And I know that's a simplified version, you know, than what an adult would do. But it's the idea of like we don't have to make it this big and like theological statement. You know, sometimes people know you're a Christian and you don't even have to say something. And I think that's part of the walk with them that you had mentioned. Yes. Yeah. And so. When they when they talk to you and stuff, you can just be like, "Well, this is what I know Jesus has done with me." Right. You know what I mean? And that can just be an answer. Or you talk about, 
I, I think when we try to switch something on and off, yeah, yeah. I think that's people re- that's good. feel that. Yeah. Yes, yes. And they can sense that. And they're like, this isn't natural. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think that's what we want to avoid. Um, we we don't want it to be a a a, a, a mode that we go into. Yep. I think it just needs to be something that happens because of what God is doing in our heart, yeah. and so it's an extension of who we are, not a. Yeah, I think that's part of right walking with them. You know, somebody knows that you're a Christian, that you go to church, you believe in God. There have been times you guys probably could share too. Somebody has just asked me, Matt, like, could you pray for me because X, Y, and Z? Yeah. And it's like I didn't say anything. They just knew. Wow, you you are serious about this. I know you, and so could you pray? Other times, and that's why I, we talked about, like, sometimes you do have to say something. I was talking to somebody recently, and we were talking about reaching those that you work with, and they were like, um, yeah, you know, I'm still praying that God would give me an opportunity. And I felt inside, like, you, every day is an opportunity, you mm-hmm. know? And so the example that I had given, like, in the sermon yesterday was like, at least this has been true for me, and that's what you said, Pastor Jamal, but hey, be authentic to yourself. So yeah. for this may not work for everybody, but for me, literally like just bringing up church like casually as an extension of the conversation. Like the, yeah. the example I gave was like if somebody asked me how my Christmas was, I would say Christmas is great. Christmas Eve is a huge deal in my family. Um, one of the things we do is we go to Christmas Eve service at church. That's, a, that's important to us. Mm-hmm. And then boom, 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 and move on with the conversation. But so much of the time... I was telling uh, Hope this morning, I was in the airport, and I said something, blah, blah, I work at a church. Boom. Uh, I was with like five people, and they were all like, church? Oh, I haven't been, blah, blah, Oh, this is... And it just opens up these conversations, yeah. and and that's why I really like what you said about like, it's it's just an extension of what... Like, I'm going to talk about Star Wars because I like Star Wars, yeah. and I'm going to talk about church because it's part of my life, right, and yeah. faith because it's a huge part of my life. It's the driving factor of my life. Yeah, and I know what Steph with her. I talk about Steph a lot because you know she makes me jealous. She does some of these things Steph. so well sometimes, <laughs> you know. And um, at school when she's with her friends there, sometimes they'll be like, "Well, I know you go to church. What do you think about this?" Hmm. And she doesn't have to all of a sudden flip theology on. She just has to be like, "Yeah, I do," and you know, "Well, I'll pray for you," you know, yeah. about that. Or this is mm-hmm. this is well, this is kind of what I think. Or even the idea of. Um, uh, I know she's invited some friends to church before because she's like, hey, I know our pastor has some uh, missionary coming from from like Africa. And I know that you you're interested in multicultural things. Mm-hmm. So you want to come listen to what he has to say? Mm-hmm. Like even something something like yeah, that that's cool. can be an act of evangelism mm-hmm. without it having to be awkward. <laughs> yeah. Or you can have kind of going back to what you were saying about like sharing your stories and stuff. Uh, one of the things that I've shared with the students about like sharing their stories is like um is sometimes like getting caught in like the most the, the not the not cute situations because i think that's yeah. what the, yeah. the, the the tension for some, a lot of people they're like my life isn't put together how am i going to tell somebody about jesus so i always tell the students this story um and i think that's what i meant earlier by the way what i was saying about a person can feel like my life's not put together yeah, yeah, yeah. how can i tell somebody yeah. about jesus that that's what so i meant. I, I, I know exactly what that feels like. So I remember him being in high school. Uh-oh, okay. You guys can't judge me. All right, <laughs> this is go. what they say. It, well, the chord button is on right now. Yeah, so, so I, hey, I remember say. being in high school. It was like my senior year. Um, and me and a couple buddies were supposed to be in uh, um, weightlifting class, but uh, we didn't have class that day because, ironically, our our teacher was an MMA fighter, so he just wasn't feeling it that day. He had a fight the night before. He had a black eye. It was like a whole like thing. He was just like, I don't I don't care. Don't dress out. Just leave me alone. Like that was kind of his <laughs> attitude. So we just hung out and we were outside outside the weight room in the gym uh, while the girls were having their gym class and they were having volleyball and they were playing volleyball for their gym class. Um, and, um, you know, I don't <laughs> but we were commenting on their bodies, which was not obviously that's not. <laughs> It's what a high school boy would do. It's, it is what a, I guess it is what a high school boy would do. I'm not proud of it, okay? Obviously, clearly struggling to even tell the story. But we're commenting on their bodies, and then one of the guys who's there with us out of nowhere goes, he legit goes, man, I need to get my life right. <laughs> and I'm immediately what? like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's the most, wow. Like, talk about being caught in, like, the worst situation. And then yeah. he some of the kids knew that I went to youth group. And so he turns to me, he goes, you go to youth group, don't you? <laughs> and it's like, 
well, this situation is going from like, like I mean, this is like horrible timing, bro. Like horrible timing, like You're to like, be caught in a situation like that. Let me just pray and repent before I answer that. <laughs> like, can I, uh, can I get my heart right before you start having this conversation? But he starts really just in a very just real moment. He's like, "No, nah, man, I'm for real. I want to, I want to be saved." And I was just like, and I immediately thought to myself in my heart, Jamal, you. <laughs> idiot like you gotta be prepared man you can't be doing dumb stuff like this and this guy this kid is sitting here and he's like man i want to be saved and so i think i think it's both sides i think it's you yeah that's a moment for you and you experience that like crap man like i've got to get that together like i can't yeah i've got to be prepared right that's what it says first peter three yeah prepared but also i guess the other side that i was trying to get at too is like well but look how god uses you in in our weakness, in our imperfection, like you don't have to be perfect. Like, right. who knows if maybe so, that that was what brought it about bro, in, his, in so his head. You know? Ready for this? So what ends up happening is I immediately kind of just stop and I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Uh, and I I was like, "I need to get my life right too." He's like, "Well, you go to youth group." I was like, "Yeah, I go to youth group, but what am I doing right now? Like being a dummy, being an idiot." Yeah. So I just immediately just kind of own it. I own the fact that. We should I should definitely not be talking about these girls' bodies like this. Like I should definitely like be carrying myself differently. Mm-hmm. And he immediately is like, Yeah, you know what? That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to I'm trying to be different, bro. I'm not trying to do this and I'm trying to live my life differently from now. And I was like, Well, dude, you, you can. He's like, how? I was like, bro, you just ask God into your heart. Like, you do it right here, right now. Like, yeah. And that's it. And he legit looks me in my eyes and was like, You all right, well, can we do this right now? Can you pray for me? Wow. And I pray with him right then and there, bro, for him to accept Jesus Christ. Dude. Bro, I kid you not, like when I t- I tell this story to the students cuz I want them to understand that like you aren't always going to be like in the perfect moment and you might even be found in a compromising moment. And I just tell them like it's important to to own the fact that you're not perfect, um but then own the fact that Jesus is and like encourage the person that you're 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 witnessing to or having conversation with to lean into who Jesus is, um, you know, as opposed to leaning into who you are. Cause if they fall, if they try to fall in line with you, they're going to fail every single time. Like, but if they find themselves leaning more into Jesus, they're going to find themselves falling into grace, mercy, um, and a whole lot more. So dude, th- that's awesome. And thanks for sharing that. I yeah, th- man. I think that's great. That's, that's <laughs> a it was crazy. To... Like a side, I want to say side note, but like, Every now and again, he'll like still message me on Facebook. Like, you know, I remember like a couple years, at, you know, like after I'd been out here, he's like, oh, I see that you're like in, you know, New Jersey, you're a youth pastor. And I'm like, yeah, man, this, that, and the third. Like, and it was just cool. He was like, he was like, dude, that's awesome, man. Like, God bless. Like, and I was just like, wow, like who would have thought like that, yeah. that moment in gym class being an idiot would have turned into like us still having conversation about Jesus stuff like years down the line. Wow. I think I, I big I guess one of the big thoughts going into what you're taught what you preached about is um we should there should be a healthy I want to say pressure but there should be a healthy um responsibility responsibility to share with people about what Jesus has done but don't feel so um like everything hinges on you being perfect in this moment for someone to come to know Jesus. Oftentimes it is the journey of the person that you're talking to, uh, to, to, to experience these pockets where God is speaking to them through, uh, through a whole bunch of other people. Like you're not the only person I'm, I'm a firm believer that usually we're not the only people in that person's life. That's trying to point them to a deeper relationship with Jesus. One plants, one waters. Yes. One reaps the harvest. That's you know. That's what it says. And so, so know the fact that you have a role in it. Don't yeah. count yourself out. No. Um, but also take that pressure off and know that the Holy Spirit is doing something in them. And so you just ask the Holy Spirit, "Hey, what do you want me to do today? Right. How, do to How do I come alongside? How do I come alongside what yeah. the Holy Spirit is already doing? Absolutely. In somebody's heart and in somebody's life. Yeah, that's great. Awesome, guys. Well, hey, this has been great. Um, <clears throat> so this is the last one before 
the new year 2020 20, new decade new decade man I, know. I told the kids yesterday as they were leaving service i'm like see you next year see you next decade and all the kids looked at me like what are you talking about and i'm like listen it's my moment to have dad jokes like oh you can't you don't make jokes like that i'm like you could only do it once a year and this one you know you can only do it once a decade <laughs> once a decade dude i'm not what? gonna see you till next decade <laughs> yeah one of the kids said to me what's a decade and i'm like all right well that joke uh, well, there it is flat. and there it goes that's funny all right. Well, anything you guys are excited for, looking forward to in 2020? Yankees winning the World Series, probably with Garrett Cole <laughs> pushing him over the edge. I'm excited about that too, Pastor Jamal. How about you? Bro, I hate the Yankees, bro. <laughs> hey, bro, Yankees do whatever they want, man. They get everything that they want. They throw this money around, and then they always like, oh, we got 20 something championships. <laughs> I'm like, like, get out of here. I'm, I'm, let's go cards. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I lost my thought what I was going to say about that. So, Oh, no, I was talking to somebody that was like, uh, yeah, like, never mind. I lost it again. Mm -hmm. Dang it. Tough. Forget it. Tough. What it just does. This it's, microphone. It does it, it, does, it, it, does it to you. Zapping it away. Pulling it away. My hopes for the new year is once again, I am going to be on my diet, which starts every morning. <laughs> so my goal is, you know, by the time this time next year, you're going to see me with, you know, a six pack, maybe. Good. No, pass the side. Actually Listen, not. Hey. Let, I won't lie to you. Last time, Pastor Todd, bro, you dropped weight like crazy. I was like, dang, Pastor Todd out here getting ready. Getting ready for the summertime. Okay. Yeah, it was. Right. And then, and then, and then food happened. <laughs> and then food well, happened. The good news is that Starbucks K-Cups could probably fit into most <laughs> diets, no problem. So Listen, coffee is not the issue. Coffee is zero calories. I know this mm, because I'm, I'm like, I'm going to drink 100 gallons of this. <laughs> it's going to get me through it, yeah. So I'm just, yeah, I'm looking forward to a new year. I'm looking forward to just, I, I know it's goofy, but at the beginning of every new year, I just feel like it's, it's like a fresh start. Yep. You know, it gives you that moment of like just taking a breather and be like, okay, here we are. We're at the beginning of something new. And so I'm just looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to to seeing what happens uh, in 2020. And I tell you, the one thing I am missing, uh, Pastor Matt, you, you you may not appreciate this so much, but I think Pastor Jamal was. I am missing Pastor Sam's. Pastor Sam used to have, uh, he was a, uh, a senior adult minister who was here for a while. And he always used to have a saying that would rhyme with the year at the beginning of every new year. So yeah, one okay. year is like 27, uh, 21, seven, I'm on my way to heaven or something yeah, like yeah, that. And you yeah. would always have one every <laughs> yeah. year. So 21, um, nine, make me new wine. Now, I think that's what it is. <laughs> okay. so, so in the spirit of Pastor yeah. Sam, I think 2020 would be 2020, a season of plenty. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on. All right. Man, like all right. It. I'm for it. it. So, all right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us. Happy New Year. And we'll see you in 2020. See you. See you later. <laughs>